once again back once again back once again back once again back once again with a this is the Wisdom in All Things podcast. I'm Scott. You may be thinking, especially if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Really, Wisdom in All Things. The thing is, I was going to call it Wisdom in One Thing and then quickly realized how unappealing that might be. Really, Wisdom in One Thing. Then it was Wisdom in Three Things. And of course, that would leave people asking, why not Wisdom in some of the things that I like to have Wisdom in? So to make everybody happy, I decided on Wisdom in All Things, which makes sense because what we cover together is, in fact, dealing with the mind, body, and soul, which pretty much covers everything. So there you go. On today's episode, the Ten Commandments, how our lives are to be distinct. There really are two sides to command. Joe Rigney, president of Bethlehem College and Seminary, says, Though most of the commandments are given in the form of a negative, you shall not, each commandment should be understood to have both a negative and a positive dimension, something it forbids and something it requires. Let's hold that thought. What does the Lord require? Have you ever, ever enjoyed being given a command? Personally, I can't think of one instance. When it happens, I immediately recall the angry coaches from my past. There's a lot of commanding of everyone on just about everything. Stop! Go! Faster! What were you thinking? (laughs) In addition to the angry coaches, and isn't that a requirement for being a coach? There was my exasperated parents. Again, mostly my fault, but another good opportunity for me to be commanded. I'm not sure if a command is harder to receive because I was caught acting in a way that required somebody to respond like that to me. Or that being given command to do something means that there is a commander and I'm not it. It might be that the Israelites were feeling a little bit of both. At one point, it was necessary that Moses, on behalf of Yahweh, present them with the Ten Commandments. Maybe it was the timing of when they were handed down, but it is so easy to assume that they're just a list of what we should do and shouldn't do. However, that would be unfortunate because it would mean missing how it reflects God himself. Kevin DeYoung, he's the senior pastor of Christ Covenant Church. He's a council member of the Gospel Coalition. He says this, the commandments not only show us what God wants, they show us what God is like. They say something about his honor and his worth and his majesty. They tell us what matters to God. As Joe Rigney highlighted earlier, along with a negative, there is a positive. And looking at that positive will help us understand what it is God intended for us to do with the Ten Commandments. What does the Lord require? That we live with distinction. You can almost argue that the Ten Commandments are the means to fulfilling what the Lord requires of us. To do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with Him. Micah 6.8 Well, I loathe checklists. And if you listen to the podcast, well, at all you'll know that I, I just we, we can't formulate how we're to live, per se, or certainly how we should follow and please God. But I do find that framing things properly can be very helpful. Here's how I see the positive side of the Ten Commandments, providing us a framework for living out the character of God. Why? Because our world, and the United States of America in particular, need to see it. They need to be confronted with it in truth and love. So what follows is this helpful framework. In front of the commandment, I put the positive application that we can recite in our quiet times, if not at the start of each day. Commandment number one, or positive application number one, I will worship God alone. It's from Exodus 20, verse 3, where it says, You shall not have any other gods before me. 
there is nothing else and no one else worthy of our worship. Worship can be a tricky thing. We can begin to appreciate something a little too much and elevate it to a level of reverence and adoration that should only be reserved for God. How subtly something we thought was beneficial and we're in control of can become something we protect in spite of its detriment. That's the first one. I will worship God alone. Next, I will worship God as spirit. Exodus 20, verse 4, you shall not make for yourself a carved image. No thing can represent God. Therefore, there's no alternative but to worship him as spirit. I think this can uh, even include anything we hang on our walls or put on our desks. The pithy quote, the inspiring location, whatever that may be, we begin to look to it rather than look to or think of God. What comes to mind is the thing, not the omni-being that cannot be regulated to an image of any form. Next, I will honor the name of God with my mouth. Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. How we choose to use God's name from word choice to the reverence in our voice speaks to the high opinion we hold of our Father. The strength and power of his name are simply above our handling foolishly. We can't even consider it as an option. Next, I will rest. Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. This is a unique and purposeful rest. I've uh, blogged and, and, and there's a podcast about that as well. If you want to go to wisdominallthings.com and, and look that up. We are called into a cycle of stopping and reflecting, ceasing our striving and dwelling in God's presence. In one way, it's a yoke check in that we reflect on whether or not we are under Jesus's light and easy yoke or the burdensome, overwhelming, heavy yoke of this world. Next, I will respect and obey authorities. Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and mother. Of course, this is a great place to start. However, it doesn't end with our parents. Respecting the position God has given someone and that they have been created by God is, is crucial to our accomplishing God's will, God's way. When we choose to steer outside our lane, can directly and disruptively contradict God's intention and potentially injure others at the same time. Number six, I will respect and protect human life. Exodus 20 verse 13, you shall not murder. While we are to respect and obey those who are over us, we are also expected to care for and protect innocent, vulnerable, and the defenseless. Neither our words nor our actions should be lethal, and we are to put ourselves in front of those needing protection. Number seven, I will drink from my own well. That comes from Exodus 20, verse 14. You shall not commit adultery. If God can and does satisfy all our needs, then our need for physical intimacy has been met by the spouse that he has provided for us. As challenging as this may seem at times, we are not justified in seeking the satisfaction in any other way. Keep your eyes off other wells and solely focus on yours. Number eight, I will leave alone what isn't mine. Exodus 20, verse 15, you shall not steal. Tell me this doesn't bring back memories from childhood. Either raising a child or back when you were one. The child, why can't I have it? Parent, because it isn't yours. Child, but I want it. It can seem impossible to resist wanting what isn't ours. So without permission or right, we take it. It is more than resisting temptation, but realizing that it is God's intention that they have that thing and not you. Be secure and revel in the fact that God has intentioned other things for you. Number nine, 
I will represent. Exodus 20, verse 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. When we keep our word and take a stand for the truth, we are like pylons holding up the extensive boardwalks along the shores of the Atlantic Ocean. If you've ever been there and saw those, it's, it's pretty dramatic. Firmly planted as they withstand the crashing waves, they provide crucial support and exposure to what is right and true. It's elevated, undergirded. Number 10. I will be content. Exodus 20 verse 17 says, You shall not covet anything that is your neighbor's. The heart wants what the heart wants, and that can be a problem. However, when we are satisfied as described in Psalm 16, we will be less distracted by what others have and better able to be contented by what God provides. God cares for us broadly and very, very personally. He knows your needs, wants, desires, temptations, hopes, dreams. We can rest assured that He will provide what we need when we need it. I hope this this positive framework can put the perspective on the Ten Commandments as we understand them in a way that, that will help us live distinctly. Our lives will be distinct and reflect the character of God when we abide by the Ten Commandments. Our code, our creed, should be to abide by that which reveals the great commander. It isn't just meant for our sakes, but the purpose he has for our lives. If you want a transcript of this podcast, go to wisdominallthings.com. Well, it's a blog post. Just search by the title of this uh, particular podcast. You'll also find quotes, articles, and other resources to help you better understand and apply wisdom in all things. Go to wisdominallthings.com.